Welcome to Word of Mouth, where dentists talk about how oral health is related to overall health, which is also known as the oral systemic connection. Although it might seem obvious that dental conditions and materials interact with the entire human system, there is a clear need for the mainstream medical community, policymakers, and the public to be educated about this reality as shown in recent research. That's why the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, the IAOMT, bring you this podcast. The IAOMT strives for safer dentistry and a healthier world. Learn more about the IAOMT and the oral systemic connection at www.iaomt.org. The information provided on this video is not intended as medical advice and should not be interpreted as such. If you seek medical advice, please consult with a healthcare professional. Also, the information in this video represents the thoughts of the individual speakers, and the views expressed in this interview do not necessarily reflect the views of the IAOMT, its individual members, its executive committee, its scientific advisory council, its administration, its employees, contractors, sponsors, or any other IAOMT affiliates. This podcast is being sponsored by Emerimed. Emerimed Limited is a biotechnology firm developing the lipophilic blood-brain barrier passing metal chelator and antioxidant Erminex. Erminex has been tested to be an exceptionally safe antidote for heavy metal poisoning and also a powerful antioxidant. Erminex is currently going through drug approval process with the European Medical Agency and the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Learn more about Erminex at Emerimed.com. Emerimed, discover the future of health. I'm Dr. Mark Wisniewski, here for the IAOMT with Dr. Boyd Haley to talk to you about Erinomix and uh, or OSR, however you might know it. I get the pleasure to talk with you, Boyd, about the man who knows pretty much more than anything, anyone in the world about the about this um, uh, wonderful compound that we once had, known as uh, OSR. And at the time when, when it came out as OSR, it was a supplement. Yeah, it was a dietary antioxidant supplement. You mentioned earlier that um, it was first you, your intention was to treat autism. So is, is, is that true? That's the main reason I made it. I couldn't get the look on the mother's faces that had autistic children. They were telling me they, they needed to have something to treat these children because they suffer from oxidative stress. That's something everybody agrees to. The development of OSR or Erminex now, it's called as a metal chelator, it's an FDA drug name, um, was uh, to uh, treat the oxidative stress and not make any claims about mercury chelation. How, would, how much would you have to give for how long? Would, would you be seeing that you would be expecting to see any clearance of, of any problems? Well, the, the thing is the compound starts binding. It doesn't clear the mercury from your body as fast as it stops the toxicity. And it stops the toxicity by, by, by binding mercury in an inner complex, and it starts doing that the, the minute it gets into your bloodstream. And it, it peaks in your blood at two hours, and it has a 20-hour half-life in the plasma. And so all that time, it's binding the mercury and rendering it totally non-toxic. But then, um, as you had mentioned earlier, it's excreted um, by your liver, uh, but in a normal way. It's not like you're taking it and you're dumping a whole lot. It, it, it actually 
binds it and makes it non-reactive, non-toxic. And then uh, the P450, it's the way you get rid of all hydrophobic drugs and compounds that your body doesn't want to retain. And uh, the P450 is kind of slow. And so it will oxidize the uh, mercury NBMI complex. And then it'll attach a glutathione to that oxidized complex. And then that glutathione is carried out and makes it water-soluble. And so it can move it around. And there are carriers in the body. When you put glutathione on a product or a metabolic metabolite, it marks it for excretion through the feces. Uh-huh. And so then it's transported and in, in, out of the body. Now, th- one of the problems that uh, uh, you've identified is that the, the mercury or the metals themselves um, are not actually the culprit, but it causes release of iron. Well, that's the, when people talk about the toxicity like an Alzheimer's disease, the major brain destruction is caused by oxidative stress or the production of hydroxy-free radicals. Mercury cannot make hydroxy-free radicals. It doesn't donate electrons. It's not a redox metal, as we call it. But how mercury does that and the other compounds that cause uh, oxidative stress that don't uh, donate electrons is they knock iron off of the native iron binding sites. And iron is a tremendous catalyst for the production of hydroxy-free radicals. Is the, is the compound actually then bind, binding the iron and taking it out? Absolutely. This is the uh, the latest development in the compound, Erminix. We know it treats mercury toxicity. We can, we've treated rats with mercury, given them lethal doses, and then treat them with NBMI, and they don't die, and they don't develop bad kidneys, etc. And so we found the same thing with iron. The, uh, iron is a, there are a lot of iron overload diseases where you have too much iron in the body and you develop oxidative stress. Uh, thalassemia, sickle cell anemia are two of them where people build up iron because they have to have transfusions and every time you give them a transfusion of red blood cells that are in good shape, you also give them a dose of free iron. And so we've used this on several studies uh, and on a hemochromatosis iron model rat. uh, If we treat this rat, this rat is genetically modified to develop high iron and hemochromatosis. If we treat this rat and and what it does is it lives, it becomes uh, demented then it loses the functionality of its limbs, lays down and dies. If we give it NBMI, that that doesn't happen. And so if we take those rats that we're treating and we analyze the mercury, I mean the iron level in their body and in their brain, we see the NBMI binds the iron and gets rid of it right away. I mean very much more rapidly than we get rid of mercury. And not only iron, it could be also copper. This compound will bind any metal that's toxic. Toxic metals like sulfur. That's how they're so toxic. They concentrate on the few sulfur binding sites in your body compared to, say, other types of binding sites. And when you, when this compound will chelate all of those, I mean, barium, thallium, uh, uh, uranium, uh, arsenic. I mean, it just has a very high affinity uh, for compounds that bind to sulfur, and those are usually the toxic metals. And so that's interesting radioactive uh, material that I don't know that we have anything um that, that actually acts in that manner to, to, to remove uh, uh, radioactive atoms. So it, it would bind in the same way and make them inert. Well, the radioactivity, uh, whether it's bound by the NBMI or not, would still be radioactive. <laughs> but, I, but it just depends if it falls in the category. Like mercury NBMI complex is slowly excreted from the body compared to iron NBMI. And so the, the effectiveness of this to treat a radioactive metal would be how, how rapidly excreted is the uh, uh, NBMI 
radioactive metal complex, and it could be fast or it could be very slow. It could take time. It could take time. In a normal uh, circumstance, what what are you, um, and what's normal when you're talking about toxicity, of course, um, what kind of time and and dosage do you need um, to use with with this compound to get results? Very low. I mean, you know, it's a it's a capsule. And, you know, we, we have very effective results at 200 to 300 milligrams. And it depends on the size of the individual and uh, also how toxic they are and how long they've been toxic. But it, it works very fast. It's very easy. It's, it's an amount that's not ornery to take. I mean, you pop it in your mouth like you would a vitamin C capsule. And uh, you can get enough of doing it that way to detoxify your body very quickly. Tolerance level, you, you, you're not seeing any problems with the... To you, uh, how much would you have to take before you might have too much? You, you, uh, you, would, you would be uh, tired of eating it before you got there, I think. It, <laughs> it is an exceptionally uh, safe compound. Uh, we've given rats 5,000 milligrams per kilogram body weight. and we 5,000. And we treat a human. We give them somewhere between 3 and 8 milligrams per kilogram body weight. It's nothing to a human. 5,000. That would be, yeah, that would be quite, quite a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's per kilogram, and you're 70 kilograms, so then it's 5,000 times 70 milligrams that you're taking. We're giving, we give a person a 200 to 300 milligram capsule. Well, uh, this is wonderful. So what, what, what's a holdup? Where, where are we now with getting this back after we once had uh, such early success with it? Well, you know, the thing is we sold this for two years as a dietary antioxidant because it's made out of two natural products. The structure contains two natural products. But then, uh, and it was very effective on treating autistic children and people with uh, arthritis. I mean, it was very good at removing the joint pain in certain people and tremors, eliminate tremors in certain people. I wouldn't say everyone, but we had really good success, better than anything that's on the market today. But then the, the FDA has a mantra that if it cures a disease, it's a drug. And uh, they uh, shut us down after two years and said, you have to take it through the NBMI safety and uh, evaluation protocol. And we've done that. And they're doing that to make sure that we're not killing anybody by giving them something that might cause cancer later on or whatever. But the compound, we have yet to see you know, a, a, a discernible toxic effect of this compound if we give it anywhere near the level we need to give to Eliminate mercury toxicity or iron toxicity. So, so you've you, you've done uh, your stage two trials in South America. Am I correct on that? We did it in Ecuador uh, on mercury toxic gold miners. Yes. Uh, is that over with? Or are you still continuing that? Well, that's over with. But we 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 made a mistake because we followed somebody else's advice. And when you're giving the NBMI or the compound to people that are working. And so, you know, they take it out and they're breathing 50 parts per million mercury every day. Uh, the placebo group went up and down like crazy because the, they've been burning gold or going to, I don't know how they, they live their lifestyle, but they're constantly being re-exposed. So right now we're repeating that study, hopefully. We're trying to get permission from Envima and the Colombian officials in Colombia, South America, to treat a group of people that were made mercury toxic by a young boy who found a bottle, a glass bottle full of liquid mercury, and took it to his school, shared it with his friends, spread it all over the school, and made 128 people mercury toxic. Now, those people aren't going back to work breathing mercury, so we want to, we want to go treat them and measure the effect of, on, of NBMI on them and their urinary mercury toxic. Now, we had good effect. 
on the placebo, I mean, on the people we treated with 300 milligrams of NBMI, 10 out of 11 saw dramatic drops in their urinary mercury level, indicating that the NBMI was tying that mercury up and rendering it incapable of being excreted by the kidneys. And to do that, it has to be uh, reactive. And in that effect, it actually protects the kidney. Yeah, it does. Uh, it stops it from being excreted and, and damaging those proximal tubules, and I assume that's quite a benefit as well. That's the major benefit. That's the it's the thing that's the most amazing. If we if we pre give if we give rats orally NBMI and then give them mercury same amount and have a control group that didn't get NBMI, we destroy the kidneys. I mean, absolutely destroy the kidneys in those that don't get the NBMI. And the NBMI you can't tell them from the control treatment. I mean, it's a, it's a very good kidney treatment, and that's one of the exciting things going on in South America. They have a gold mining countries like. Colombia and Peru and Ecuador and Chile, they have a real problem with uh, uh, kidney failure. And they're burning up a lot of their economy doing uh, kidney dialysis. That's the only treatment they have to get the, the, you know, the toxins out of the body. And so they're very interested in using our compound and see if it'll help them uh, eliminate the need for kidney dialysis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if it works like it works in the rats, it will. So the way that I understand it, then going back into to the uh, to the uh, miners' area where you have this problem with the with the child and the and the mercury at school, then that study should be over quick. Uh, once you go there and get the permission and start, that they should be you would expect to be cleared out fairly quick. Well, I, I think we'll have I think we'll have real good results. It's a regulation and setting up. Everybody's got to approve it and put their hand and, and bless it. So we're we're waiting a long time to get regulatory approval to even start to even start right. But when we start, uh, we, we give them a two weeks treatment. We're doing a double blinded crossover. In other words, we we treat half the patients with NBMI and the other half are our placebo group, control group, and then we do that for two weeks and then we wait. And uh, for two weeks to allow it to clear out, then we flip them over. The the ones that got the uh, NBMI now become the placebo group, and the placebo group gets treated because we're going to treat all those kids. Sure. And uh, that so there's four weeks of treatment we have to do, and after that it's all analysis and write up. So that's, that sounds uh, reasonable. We're get we're, you're getting there. I I mean there's a light at the end of the tunnel with this, yeah. I I don't know. You shared with me there is something. Uh, there's there is something perhaps in the states that's changed. That uh, um, to, to animal status or um, we're, we're, no they they put they put our drug under the animal rule which means we don't have to do we don't have to show efficacy in humans because we can't go we can go I can take a rat and inject him with mercury I can't do that with a human oh, and so they're know. saying you just do the animal studies and show it's efficacious in animals and I think we've already done that but they want it done more longer and higher and uh, uh, under more uh, strenuous conditions although. I don't know how much more strenuous you get than giving them 17 times or 14 times a lethal dose and saving their lives. I mean, that's what we did. But you know, the, I wouldn't want to be a regulator. I mean, they have a they have a hard job. They they don't want NBMI to turn out to be another thalidomide, and so they're they're holding our feet to the fire pretty hard. Hopefully, at some point they say, "Okay, let's go." I, I think they will. I think they I think they just want us to. Uh, convince them of certain aspects that they're concerned about. Because you see, it's hard when when NBMI binds mercury, that's the drug, Erminex. Uh, that's a chemical name of it, and I, I, I'll say that all the time because I'm a chemist. And that's how I called it for years when in the laboratory. But when it binds mercury, it never lets our mercury go. It's 
its a, its a affinity for mercury is infinity. I mean, it never lets mercury come off. You can make the NBMI mercury complex and try to dissolve it in 10 millimolar EDTA, which binds mercury very tightly, and you can't get it to pull the mercury off. And so it's not going to come off in the body. And so what they're wondering is, uh, you know, make sure it's getting out. And we got data showing that the mercury on an NBMI-treated uh, animal leaves. It leaves slower than what you would like, but it leaves. I mean, in 30 days, most of it's out. And so they want to know, is that mercury NBMI complex going to cause any inordinate problem that we wouldn't perceive? And uh, I don't think it will because we never saw any problem on these rats that were given 14 times the lethal dose of mercury and treated. And they lived several months. And they ate, they, they gained weight. You couldn't tell them from control animals. But it's, it's a reasonable question. And, of course, I'm not responsible for the world's population or the United States population. The FDA is. So they're being very cautious. I found it interesting that that the glutathione conjugates with the with the um, with the aramix and and mercury, and then it's moved out in that fashion. Is is it seem odd that the that the molecule then becomes pretty large and different looking to the body? No, that's but that's the way you get rid of almost all hydrophobic drugs. Hydrophobic drugs that you want to keep in your body get modified by the P450 system and inactivated and eliminated. And so, and the way some of them do, and there's, there's different pathways, but the one pathway, if it goes out fecally, is that you attach glutathione to the water-insoluble drug. And then it, that makes it charged, and now all of a sudden it can get out of the lipid bilayer and out of the body and become soluble. And when you put a glutathione molecule on uh, attach a glutathione molecule to another larger molecule, it marks that molecule for excretion. Right. And, and uh, so then it transport, it can transport, it's got something, it'll grab it and take it out of the cell, release it into the plasma, and then it goes through the, the biliary transport system of the kidney, uh, pardon me, of the liver, and gets put into the fecal material. And the glutathione directs it that direction. That's the reason we know it's glutathione. We haven't isolated that glutathione complex, but if it goes out fecally, it's glutathione attached to it because then it's the biliary transport system of the liver that moves it out. And we know that the NBMI mercury complex does not go out through the kidney. Totally eliminates that. Now, would there be any benefit to, to treating at the same time with uh, liposomal glutathione to help this kind of process and elimination? Have you experimented with that? Or, or? No, we haven't done, We haven't tested that. Uh, and th there could be a possibility there. But you have to worry about when glutathione, glutathione and your plasma is a thousand times lower than it is in your cells. And that's the way the creator set us up. So we could use a glutathione to run against the concentration gradient, go out of the body, and carry trash out of our cells. And that's how we get rid of mercury. Mercury binds, is bound by two glutathione molecules and is transported out of the body and eliminated uh, fecally mostly, uh, unless, it's unless it's free. Um, and so the, the there, there are carriers that see that glutathione. I mean, there's a glutathione receptors in the biliary transport system that binds glutathione as it goes through there, and whatever is attached to it, it carries it out like a horse drawing a cart. In the in in the in the dosage, your, your half life is um, you, as you say, uh, two hours. Did you say? With no, it? It, it peaks at two hours. You take if you if you have none in your body or a rat. I mean, we've said that many way in every animal we test, two to four hours. You take an oral dose. A capsule of this, and it peaks in your all your organs after two hours, a two to four hours, somewhere in that range, and then it has a half life in the plasma of a human of 22 hours, and so it's there, it stays in the plasma because it binds to the uh, uh, hydrophobic aspects of the human serum albumin, 
and uh, other aspects. It stays there's the hot pockets of hydrophobicity, and that's where the drug goes and hangs out and gets slowly uh, excreted. I mean, put into the cells as time goes on. Uh, the the range of uh, benefits uh, is enormous. I I, I was uh, it was interesting that you mentioned uh, um, say firefighters. Uh, before they enter into a, a building, um, how how protective it could be for for firefighters. Yeah, and that, uh, first responders are the ones that really should be talking to us, and we've tried to get their attention, but we haven't been able to. I'm not Harvard, I'm not the NIH or the CDC. I'm a you know retired professor of chemistry, and the bottom line we've shown in rats, without a doubt, you give rats a pretreatment, oral pretreatment of uh, Erminex, and then you inject them with mercury and it totally will prevent the kidneys from going south because the kidneys are the most sensitive organ to mercury and when you put it in the blood I mean it, it, it wipes out the kidney first most people that are mercury toxic and die die because their kidneys fail and so if they were to take this and they were going to go in and breathe the mercury vapor from all the fluorescent bulbs that broke when a building fell down or explosion or whatever, this would be very helpful to them. And not only mercury, but other toxic metals too. I mean, this compound doesn't just bind mercury and uh, lead it bind, uh, and iron, but it binds anything that's toxic. It, it's re they're toxic because they have high attraction to the sulfurs in your body. And so this compound will probably uh, have a, a positive effect on all those toxins. So it's going in and pulling those metals right off the sulfurs. Oh, it's, a, it's, it's good for chronic as well as for an acute problem. Yes. It's going to grab it immediately. Yeah. The best example we have of that, by the way, is Ragnar Klingberg, who's our uh, executive vice president. He's from Sweden. And uh, in Sweden, they have feeding stations for predator birds like eagles and eagle owls that come to these feeding stations, especially when they get a little bit weak because they can't go out and catch a fish, and people put dead fish on these platforms and eagles go there and eat them. And sometimes those eagles will fall over and die right there. And so we, we hired a veterinarian in uh, Sweden to treat some of these eagles that were brought in because people pick them up and take them to the veterinarian. And you know, if you pick up an eagle and carry it, that eagle's not very not, not, not doing too well. He's, he's, he's got to be very cooperative and they're not cooperative, they're just sick. And so we have a uh, one, there's two birds that were highly documented that uh, went in, and they had 980 micrograms of mercury per liter of blood and iron on, I mean, pardon me, lead on top of that. They were eating toxic fish, the dead fish, because they were sick. They, the more sick, and the fish that get mercury toxic are the ones that start dying and get to come up to the surface and wash up on the bank. And eagles are more scavengers than they are predators. Anyway, the, that eagle came in, and he couldn't even set up. And we fed him, they fed him dead rats and fed him orally for about four days. And we gave him four days of treatment, of one day, one treatment a day of NBMI. And after about five days, he flew up on a perch and uh, they couldn't feed him anymore. And he slowly got better. And he, the last we saw him, he was flying around Sweden. But he, he didn't wave goodbye or anything. We no, want, yeah. He wanted out of there. He didn't like us. He didn't know that we saved his life or anything. Or she, it was a she, I think, uh, uh, from what I've been told. But anyway, the... Uh, the bottom line is that eagle had to be sick and had to have mercury in the deepest recesses of its body and was going to die. It was near, I mean, it couldn't even set up for several days when we had it first. And so this tells you this compound will go in and pull the mercury and uh, toxic uh, lead out of your body no matter how deep it is. Just give it time and it'll get it all.
Well, the problem we have in the world today is so many toxins and the metals are everywhere. And so, um, I mean, if you happen not to be a real good excreter, uh, you're really in trouble and, and you need to do things. And, and uh, this would be something that would be a regular um, kind of help for people that are in that situation. But even people who can excrete uh, fine, we're still getting inundated. It'd be better if you if you have some help. <laughs> Don't let it. It may take you three hours to get rid of it. In three hours, they can do a lot of damage, Ryan. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it's it's not a vitamin, but but certainly, um, I think some time ago you you told us showed us in a lecture how it actually picks up also hydroxy radicals and moves them out. Is that still your thought? Oh sure. I mean that that's how that's the reason we sold it as a dietary antioxidant. We made it to chelate mercury because I was one of the people that thought mercury exposure was causing autism. I mean I really did think that and I still do, but there 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 are probably other things that do the same thing. But why did we have this big bolus of uh, uh increase in uh, autism? And so uh when we made that, actually it was a lawyer, a, a next top lawyer at the FDA was out now giving advice. He retired, and he told me, he said, Dr. Healy, don't you realize you have this tremendous antioxidant? Because I was having him help me write, you know, the application to the FDA to get this uh, uh, accepted as a uh, chelator. And he says, if this is an antioxidant, he says, the FDA judges you on what you claim, not what the compound does. He says, you could sell this as a dietary antioxidant if what you're saying is true, because I told him it was made out of two natural products. Its structure, and its structure is two natural products. That's the reason it's non-toxic. And the products are, um, once again, you had, you had said earlier. Carboxybenzoate and uh, cystamine. So the carboxybenzoate comes from? Cranberries. Oh, is that right? You remember when the Indians used to make pimlican? It was how they... They'd take meat and beat it with uh, cranberries. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It last a long time. It wouldn't. That's uh, that's the antioxidant effect. And if you look at your beer, you're going to see benzoate. If you look at your coke, you're going to see benzoate. If you look at any food you eat, it's going to be preserved with benzoate because it scavenges hydroxy radicals and keeps food from spoiling. Uh huh. Uh huh. So th yeah, those are are hooked together, and now you have the proper um, sulfur configuration, yeah. which allows it to pick up this wider variety of metals. Yeah. It can adjust. It can move the sulfurs around, whereas if we're on the adjacent carbons like DMPS and DMSA, which are the normal chelators, they can't move. They're, they're right next to each other, and they have no flexibility. And our compound is like, you know, like I said during the thing, it's like you're trying to catch a basketball, and you can only get your arms this far apart. You can't catch mercury because it's not enough room in between your hands to, to bind it if it's two sulfurs on an adjacent carbon. I mean, mm -hmm. carbons that are side by side. Mm -hmm. But if you have it out on extended arms, one arm can go out just like you catch a ball with one hand, put the other hand on it to confirm that you got it and hold it tight. Uh -huh. And when that does, NBMI will never let mercury go. And, and that would be the same thing with uh, uh, alpha lipoic acid, I assume, would be the same rigid structure with it. It's not, it's not uh, uh, as valid as this. And the worst thing about lipoic acid, what, where does lipoic acid go? It's, uh, it's the uh, supplement you need for pyruvate dehydrogenase complex in the first step of the citric acid cycle. So if it binds mercury, you're helping your body carry mercury inside the mitochondria to the citric acid cycle, and it's an inhibited lipoic acid, so you're shutting down a, lip, uh, a pyruvate dehydrogenase complex enzyme that should not be shut down. 
Uh-huh. So that should that compound shouldn't even be considered in. The- oh, I, I don't think so. I think it's a it's a risk. I know somebody promoted that, but that that doesn't uh, doesn't fly with me. No, uh, um, in what we had seen on social media, there's a good number of people who have trouble when they take it. So, uh, and even I know that uh, when it was offered to me, it was I was told with caution, you know, see if you can tolerate it. You know, yeah. well, I don't know if I want to take something if I got to take a risk. You know, can I tolerate it? You know, <laughs> so. But anyway, that that lawyer is the one that told me that I should market it as an antioxidant. He said this: it, it is the the most powerful digestible, orally available to take an antioxidant that I know of. And when I did it and when I checked it out, now somebody may have come out with something beside that. But it has a, it has a oxygen radical absorbance capacity that's just out of sight compared to most dietary antioxidants. I mean, we're in a 200,000, 300,000 per 100 gram region where most foods are 10 to 15. And uh, so it, it's there's nothing that has the antioxidant capacity of NBMI that is available for you to take and not toxic to you when you take it or so that's that's pretty awesome you know considering that everything basically is uh, every kind of illness is is mediated by free radicals you know yeah just about all i tell people if you don't believe it just go type in your your disease and oxidative stress after that and you'll see the the computer google will find a lot of uh, interactions there yeah you know hopefully people understand that free radical and it's actually pretty pretty simple when you start to look at it and then if you take a look at that at, at uh, OSR <coughs> or Aramix it, it's just built it's built it's built for the job no know? well you know I mean I it makes me look smarter than I really am but you know the more we study it I call it follow your nose research you make a compound first of all it had to be able to bind mercury tightly and I, you can engineer that. Anybody can look at the molecule and say, yeah, that would be a molecule that would bind mercury. But then you've got to get it inside the cell. And that's the reason we, we coupled these things such that there was no charge on the final molecule so we could, pan- so we could uh, penetrate the biomembrane and get it in where you need it, where the toxicity is occurring. And we did that, and then all of a sudden, I mean, I never made it to be an antioxidant because there were those all over the place. But when I did that, we sent it off, and we were flabbergasted about how high the ORAC score was. It's a very, it's a very outstanding antioxidant. So you have an antioxidant that gets inside the cells, and a lot of the antioxidants, when you eat them, they're charged, and they get cleared from the blood very fast by the kidney. And uh, ours doesn't. It, and the kidney, of course, is the place where it can, where, where it can cause the problems with those proximal tubules. The, the, the uh, and I can attest that when I discovered on my own that I was, why I was so crazily toxic and it felt like I was going to die every day, a heart attack, and, and uh, uh, I panicked and I, and I took uh, um, some crazy compound that I shouldn't have taken, and it forced, it forced so much mercury out of my system all at once that um, I actually caused uh, my kidney damage, and, and um, I had uh, horrible gout. For, for for a year instantly from that point on, horrible gout for for uh, a number of years until I th- my I, th- I believe my my at least I finally my body's finally repaired itself, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, and I'm doing something right. But yep. at least that went away because that's no that's no good. That brings up a point I want to make. I try to make it in my talk. Is NBMI will stop the toxicity of heavy metals and certain other things. It even stops it from some organic molecules if they're producing free iron. 
and the toxins, it'll stop that very quickly, but it won't repair damaged tissue. So, you know, what I want to do is I want to get this compound out in the hands of doctors and dentists who see patients and give it to them. Then we'll see the recovery and we'll see the real uses of the molecule because it's, it's just amazing uh, the number of illnesses that when I sold it as a dietary antioxidant, people would take it. I mean, like people losing their tremor. And we found out on this uh, compassionate use in Europe, we've uh, had marvelous results on people with atypical Parkinson's. And that's a death sentence. When someone tells you you got atypical Parkinson's, your time on this earth is not very long. And these guys are now out riding and doing the normal life thing. So, and that, that tells you that somewhere in Parkinson's disease, or at least in atypical, or in a small fractions of Parkinsonian patients, heavy metals are dramatically involved probably. I've always thought, and, and, and a lot of people in this academy uh, pretty much believe that uh, metals are at the root of, of all. Well, and, and they're not far from wrong, I don't think. The academy, I, I can't say enough for the people out there listening, if you're a dentist, join the IAOMT. These people are more interested in the science and the cause, and they, they want facts. They don't want your, your emotion or your pity. They want you to tell them, what are the facts? And uh, I don't get that from the other dental. Uh, we welcome, and we, what we're searching for is the truth. And if you, if you can come here and bring me some truth to show me that we're, 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 we're looking at some fallacy here, Hey, bring it because we welcome uh, the we welcome the science, but uh, like you say, we don't we don't welcome any attitude. We just welcome we everybody comes here as equal, and we're and we're all brothers working on it together. So uh, I, I totally appreciate that. Uh, you know that. Well, it was said early on because I, I told him I wouldn't come back if it was fraudulent. Uh, presentation of something just to make money and and it wasn't just me but Mike Ziff who was the ex-director uh, some he said the thing that our mantra should be show me your science correct and, and, and that's that's held up really good and it served you guys well it's still where we are today and and as much as we feel certain things should go a certain way we uh, it's held up until we have solid science right. it's a little frustrating for me I know you know I want to pound my hand and say no I know this is right but you gotta have science, you know, and 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 you know that there's a lot to be said for that. And um, and you uh, have having come to us as a scientist has been a godsend. And I have to say that I've seen you speak many times here, and um, most every time it's a standing ovation, and um, uh, an excellent. And and you've really helped us along in in that line of science and. This this product is uh, the ultimate well, gift for for the world. But uh, um, you know, I was lucky enough to be able to to have a, have it, and and I thank you for that, and uh, and I thank you for being here, and I thank uh, you folks for joining Boyd and I um, here in this conversation uh, in our living room, and uh, hope to see you on the website. Yes, thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology, the IAOMT. The IAOMT strives for safer dentistry and a healthier world. We are a network of over 1,000 dentists, health professionals, and scientists who research dental products and practices, including the risks of mercury fillings, fluoride, root canals, and jawbone osteonecrosis. 
We are a nonprofit organization and have been dedicated to our mission of protecting public health and the environment since we were founded in 1984. You can learn more about us at www.iaomt.org and www.thesmartchoice.com. The information provided on this video is not intended as medical advice and should not be interpreted as such. If you seek medical advice, please consult with a healthcare professional. Also, the information in this video represents the thoughts of the individual speakers, and the views expressed in this interview do not necessarily reflect the views of the IAOMT, its individual members, its executive committee, its scientific advisory council, its administration, its employees, contractors, sponsors, or any other IAOMT affiliates.